Welcome back. Uh, it's been a while since we've spoken to you all. Uh, given the name Eurowatch, uh, we had to come in at some point and uh, we've chosen today. And a lot has happened. We're 60% true to the Euros this time. And Alex and I will be eating a little bit of humble pie. I think one of us a little bit more than the other. Um, about what we got right and what we got wrong. Um, should we really be surprised at Roberto Mancini's ability as a manager? Despite any glaring upset scores, this has been a thrilling tournament so far. And should own goal be given the trophy for top scorer, Alex? Uh, do they hack off the golden boot and give it to uh, everybody who scored one in their own net? Well, you'll find out in today's episode. Alex, uh, how are you? Give us, give us the full picture. We filmed this about what, an hour after Turkey. Finished their their amazing Euros campaign, um, so I'm great. Oh <laughs> I'm fantastic. Oh wow! Um, yeah, Alex, if you have been following him, has been very busy. Uh, hasn't been able to give uh, as much time as I would have wanted to the part. But uh, Alex is making waves. Uh, you can follow him on TikTok, where I believe you've gathered what seven thousand followers now, Alex. I oh, have. Thank you very much. It's like I have indeed. Yes, um, uh, watch his most recent uh, um, Scott reports and also follow him on YouTube uh, where he's got a nice little video on uh, Paratici. And hopefully uh, somewhere down the line, we'll, we'll, we'll have a pod um, on the whole uh, Tottenham situation because <laughs> I feel like there's a lot. <laughs> but um, yeah, this, this, this Euros has actually been something that I've enjoyed, Alex, to be honest. Given, given everything about COVID, given everything about the uncertainty of the tournament, given... You know, all the stuff we've prepared, I'm pleasantly surprised by how this tournament's gone on. Yeah, well, it didn't really get off to a good start. I mean, what was it? Day two, Christian Eriksen collapsed, and day three, someone um, was sent to hospital after they fell off the top of Wembley. So, But oh considering, you know, the dark starts, it, yeah, everything's gone fairly smoothly i think the refereeing's been praised a, a lot which yeah barring this last italy wales game it's been outstanding yeah but, I, yeah it's been it's been more i think it's been more fun to watch than i expected i expected the games to be way more boring and i think on match day one they were but match day two for each group things started to really kick in besides england scotland which well less said about that the better yeah, happy birthday, Alex, on that day. <laughs> yeah, happy birth- <laughs> that was a great birthday present. Well, okay. um, I- I'll start with the humble pie. Um, what we got wrong in this tournament, uh, and I'll start with the saying, I don't know if it was particularly wrong, but good God, did I overestimate England. I mean, it's a typical tournament hive mind that I entered. I expected way too much and got way too little. Like... Unlike the World Cup, where England didn't have much of a prayer, and they were the underdog, they were the novelty team. Um, This was the first tournament with a new manager. They were playing a back three. They had no expectation. So anything good they did was an overperformance. But this time, they've been touted to have this, you know, world-class attacking line, you know, some really good up-and-coming youth talent. And it, it was just boring. I know they haven't lost yet. And, well, 
I can't wrap my mind around it, Alex. Um, <laughs> give me give me a bit of insight because you you've been there on the ground. You've been seeing um, you know the reactions all around you. It's it's it started off okay, even though there were a lot of complaints to be made about the match against Croatia. It was a one nil win. It was a you know a statement of purpose against a team that knocked you out of the previous tournament. It was a clean sheet and. You know, it, it, it was fine. England haven't won the opening game of the Euros since the yeah. tournament began. So, well, I mean, I think I got one thing right uh, on, on match day one, which is after they played Croatia, I said that was a really bad performance, and I started getting you know a bit of feedback going, "Come on, get behind the team." You know, you've got to, got to support them. But I, I really think Southgate is butchering this this England team with Kieran Trippier at left back that was that was a warning sign because almost to me that to me to me that said he wanted Trippier in just for his set piece ability which if you want to play just in for that set piece ability you may as well have just brought James Ward-Prowse and played him in in midfield and he wouldn't have done that much of a worse that much of a worse job than Calvin Phillips and then against Scotland, I think it kind of all came to show, really, the fullback sitting quite deep. And just Sancho, man. I, he said something today that Sancho's one of the youngsters that he doesn't want to put pressure on. And I get that. But it was a good thing today that no other England player in the last three seasons has contributed to more goals and assists than Jaden Sancho. I mean, and- I, I'll say this about Sancho. Obviously, Southgate hasn't given him enough minutes. And the times when he He's tried to him give... none. No, in the in the in the lead up to this, in the lead up to this oh, yeah. tournament, um, and he was injured on a couple of occasions. So Southgate's probably thinking, well, you know, I don't know how he's going to perform given these group of players. But that doesn't matter. You you don't want to put pressure on him. He's had three seasons of thirty plus goals and assists for Borussia Dortmund. Borussia Dortmund on Stockport, they're a top 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 team, and he has shown his ability at the top level. And it was just glaringly obvious in the second half. When you had all this attacking talent, every single good thing that was coming from the English attack came from the fullback Luke Shaw, and it was, it was, it was really just sad to see them holding back, you know, playing two defensive midfielders deep against Scotland. I, I mean, don't, you, don't, have, don't actually have too much of a problem with defensive midfielder thing because I think with Phillips at least he could push up a bit. But I, I, I guess more of a problem with me is while he didn't start Jack Grealish in either of the games because we even we said going into this. It's not even just our opinion. Statistically, Jack Grealish is the best player in the Premier League out of any nationality at breaking out down the defence. Like he's top for exactly. passing into the box, top for dribbles into the box. So when you're playing against two teams that are going to play deep blocks, Croatia and Scotland, he's, he's the he. In my opinion, he'd be the first name on the team sheet. And the fact he's not even on it at all. I'm not a big fan of. And the other thing which really surprised me is how quickly England tail off. I mean, when the first game, um, the lineups were announced and I saw Mason Mount, Phil Foden, I was like, yes, this is great. He's taking a yeah. chance. And then after 40 minutes, I they were just passengers. I mean, Foden especially, he has one good shot, one good chance in the game. And that's it. He's a passenger for the rest of the game. And I just couldn't understand it till I realized that these are still young players playing a tournament. I mean, there is, there is a, like people, people underestimate age. They say, oh, if you're old enough, you're good enough. This is still a tournament and you're playing with players you haven't played before. There is a consistency you need for the game. There's a stamina you need for the game because 
the, they're relying, the whole country is relying on these two players. Like, they just have three games to make their mark. They don't have a whole season where, you know, they can be, they can be um, forgiven for having a half of poor performance. But it just gave up. And then Southgate's tactical inability, ahead of Rice and Phillips, it was anything goes. I mean, Harry Kane was playing um, uh, like, like a number six at points. Sterling was a winger, a forward. Mount was going to the right. Foden was going to the left. And it just didn't seem like there was any tactics. And it's like, oh, you have these great, great attacking players playing who've played fluid football, won trophies playing fluid football, and you're playing this pedestrian style of football which helps nobody. Mm. I, I, I don't quite get it. We'll get on to them, the other team that I mentioned in a bit, but I feel like the only other team that's disappointed me more, like of big size breaking down other teams, probably Spain. That I think England and Spain have been very similar this tournament. But England you, still have got... Yeah, you say, you, you say similar, and that was the other point I got wrong, is Portugal. Portugal, I feel, are very, very similar to England. In the sense that they play with... Yes, they play with the two defensive midfielders. They have a good attack, but they just flattered to deceive. That opening match against Hungary, yes, it was a 3-0 scoreline, but till the 84th minute, the best chance of the game came from Hungary, and it was an offside goal. And... Portugal just couldn't break them down. They got one penalty and the floodgates open. And the second match, you saw it so clearly. Nelson Semedo got rinsed, rinsed till he was bone dry. And Germany, a team which had played so badly against France, looked like a team that could win this entire tournament. And I felt really disappointed. And we should have seen this coming. Alex, you and I have talked to experts and we've talked to the folks on the Salazar podcast. We've, we've, we've heard about how defensive finance chances is. And when the moment they were pushed onto the back foot, they just couldn't reply. And it was, it was painful to see. I mean, I, I guess Ronaldo and Harry Kane should share the same amount of, you know, disappointment and not being able to get the ball. One has goals and one doesn't, but... I mean, that, that's where I need to... For anyone listening, I do. Uh, there is going to be a range of apologies in this video. There's two coming. The first one is telling you all not to pick Ronaldo in your fantasy team and him scoring three goals already. Um, oh, sorry. Man. And the other one is to pick is telling you to pick Portuguese defenders because they'll keep clean sheets. Again, I'm really sorry about that one. Continue. I mean, you're only it. half wrong. You're only half wrong. They conceded three goals. In the, I, I guess. I guess. I guess there's a lot to be said about the own goals as well. Um, but yeah, that it was it was just bad. And, and this Germany team isn't really special. I mean, Hussens, or Gussens, as I'm told his, his name is pronounced, he pretty much like tapered off after 60 minutes. And you had Ginter and Rudiger right there, ripe for the taking, and just couldn't get the ball to them. And yeah. it made Germany look a lot better than they ought to look. And it was it was just like, these are my two big disappointments. I knew these were the things you know, that disappoint me. Those are things I, I suppose I got wrong. But um, one thing that I'm not ashamed about, and uh, Alex took the mick out of me a little bit about this, is Spain. Uh, yeah. Utterly listless, no fight. Um, as, as, as just an aside, I will say, they had, um, you know, their COVID problems. Uh, they had, uh, I think it was, uh, it was um, end No, it was uh, Sergio Busquets and one other player who can't, Get off the top of my head. Um, they tested positive for COVID. Uh, Busquets as well is coming in a great bit of form. And Luis Enrique chooses not to replace Busquets like for like with Thiago. And instead chooses this very haphazard team. And 
to puts in a strike of bereft of any confidence in uh, Alvaro Morata and Spain just look like a damp squib they look exactly like what they have looked like in the last two tournaments and I'm 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 not surprised I, I, in slightest. I, I, I think I can summarize them quite well with Spain because I, I had a bit of hope going into them, but this is a team I didn't watch as much, um, apart from against Germany, which Germany can make any team look good apparently. But with Spain, I what I watched them very closely um, against oh, who, who was actually the last game? Uh, the, the, the the Poland Poland watched mm. them very closely against Poland, and it felt like they're play style was 10 years out of date there, there was very little off the ball movement it was very little dribbles it was static passing like the, the shape is very rigid and the point i'm making is that 10 years ago uh, a defense would have come out and said oh, i'm gonna win the ball back off you but uh, against poland poland had the back five and they just said all right you could pass it around in front of us you're not doing anything and all they could do was cross the ball to Morata, who, I tell you what, he played really well against uh, Poland, actually. He, he even got the goal, him. I think, yeah. He's chasing I, I, every ball. I really, I, I thought he did very well. But I think the issue for Spain was, it, it was des- a desperate lack of off-the-ball movement. There was no dribbles into the box and very few risky passes. So, that, that maybe, I actually think they'll do a lot better against bigger teams. Because if they just keep the ball, they're bound to be less bodies at the back but i could see that i could see that for sure yeah so i i think spain have been very disappointing but i'm I'm still not ruling them out because i think they could sleepwalk their way to the semi-final at least interesting um well going from one latin side to the other uh one of the other things i got right uh was italy um and this is obviously a bias warning as i'm pretty much backing italy this entire tournament and Going through their entire renaissance from their disappointing 2018 exit. Alex and I have waxed lyrical about this on previous pods. Um, uh, well, before th- you continue, to any new listeners, Ritik's saying a lot here. He's forgetting the fact that in our first topic about Italy on Eurowatch, he said they'd get beaten by Belgium in the quarterfinals. So I, I remember that, Ritik. Continue. <laughs> well, I can change my opinion, can't I? There you go. There you go. Just wanted to throw well, yeah. that in there. I'm, well, I'm, claiming, well, well, I'm claiming to anything I got right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, definitely um, did have those uh, feelings in the beginning. But as the as the uh, qualifier, as the um, friendly matches wore on, and then when we had our live stream uh, on GNA TV, it's heavily backing this Italian side because. There are a lot of unknowns to both the casual viewer as well as the informed viewer. Um, this is an Italy team that's forged not through just the top teams. It's head to toe, pretty much players from all all the clubs, from Sampdoria, from Cagliari, um, and uh, Juve as well. It's, it's, it's such a unit, and we saw that against Wales, where they pretty much substituted... O- like their entire B team at one point, even Sirigu came on for Gianluigi Donnarumma and it looked like nothing had changed. Their midfield is so tight. Like if this midfield went up against England's midfield, it would be carnage. I mean, I mean, between Locatelli, Jorginho, Verratti, Pessina even who scored today, it was just magic to watch. It was just magic to watch. And then even on the flanks, um, where you have uh, Berardi, Kieta, even Bernardeschi had a good game today. The fullbacks coming in in Spinozola and uh, Di Lorenzo. 
even even without Giorgio Cialini, Acerbi did a very good job. And it seems that everybody was pulling their weight. Nobody was slacking. The goals came from the people you expected and unexpected. And I will say that given it's three games, three wins, I believe eight goals scored and none conceded. This, I, I'll go out on a limb and say Italy are the team to beat. Like, I don't see any other team beating them right now. Well, I say I still I still back France. I still back France. I think Italy've been great, and there is that insane stat going around. It's something like, what is it like thirteen? It's thirteen games without a, a goal conceded, and the in last time, yeah. go on. What is it? Yeah, the last goal they conceded was to Donny Van der Beek in October twenty twenty. <laughs> Fucking hell, that's an incredible. That is an incredible run. But <laughs> yeah, I think Italy have been fantastic. But let's look at the opposition they've played. They've played Switzerland. Wales and team that shall not be named yet. They, I, I think against one of the bigger teams, I'm, I'm still don't know. It's not to say that I think they'd be written off. I think, I think this team could easily get to a final. They could, they could even win it. But I still back a, a, a France side who, even though like, if even though people are starting to go on them after they almost lost to Hungary. I, even against Germany, where people say, "Oh, they're counter-attacking," they're not. They, they, this doesn't look like the best team in the world. There was still they had so much quality. Just like watching Pogba and Mbappe interact on a football pitch, I I feel like I should pay for it. It's gorgeous to watch. So it I'm is. I'm still I still think Italy was like it's going to be tougher against one of those bigger sides. But uh, mm. yeah. Yeah, that is that is that is definitely a point. Um, I also did want to talk about a few surprises this tournament, Alex. Um, I wanted to talk. I it it probably goes a little under the radar, but Sweden are still in a position to get through the group stages outright. I believe they've drawn one and they've won one. Um, they haven't lost yet, and they've looked well on on paper. They look ordinary, but on the pitch, you know, there's a lot of fight about this team in the sense that. You're playing a tournament, and I and I firmly believe they realize they're doing that. They don't have you know the leadership and the attack that they usually did, but they, I, I think Sweden have made a very good tournament out of it. I'm quite surprised. Yeah, they've been they've been impressive actually. They, um, again, their group is quite weak. They've played so far. It's they've played uh, Spain, Spain, and the second team in that group. I forget Slovakia, called, Slovakia. That's the one. That I think that. The those teams aren't amazing caliber, but they've been, they've definitely been all right, and I think Isaac's really even. I don't think he's even scored yet, but he's he's, he's just been everywhere. Ball. He's just been on everywhere. the ball. He's been fantastic. He's really caught the eye. So yeah, I think it's, it's really been interesting. Well, they've, they've never been. Uh, I saw a good piece recently about. Um, which I think I read about it in uh, the Modern Footballer. It was about the Scandinavian countries in European in international football. So I've been they've been decent the last few times. So. It it, maybe it's not too surprising. It's just we never really focus on them. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe, we're coming up to 20 minutes. I think this is a good point to go into the other team we were just talking about. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll start going into it now. The, yeah, I got Turkey very wrong. Yes. But, but, but. no one predicted how shit they would be. That like, is true. No, no that one is in true. the world, no, no one in the world was saying Turkey were going to be the worst team at Euro 2020. Like, I don't, I don't care if you were saying, no, oh, they're not going to do that. I mean, no one was saying they'd do this shit. 
the dark horses. Oh God, this is going to be uh, a terrible, terrible moniker for anyone to have. I I genuinely think I've started a wave in the football community that I, I, like I, I'm not saying I'm the one who spearheaded it, but I reckon I've influenced quite a few people to have betted on Turkey to do well in the Euros, and I think I've lost a lot of people a lot of money. And to those people, I'm sorry, right? But they were doing very well against big teams like the Netherlands and France. They had a their players in form. This is it was all leading up. They had a manager that was doing fantastic. Oh god! Everything pointed to them doing great. And the salt in the wounds, Ritic, is the fact Wales have been fucking brilliant, right? And Wales have had their manager arrested for domestic assault, and half of their players like play barely any minutes will get relegated. Like they should be Turkey at the moment. They, they should have, be at the they bottom have, of their they have, group. They have United Academy players on that bench. That's this, how bereft so, they are of Wales, Wales should have been so shit. And I, I have to hand credit to Robert Page because how he's got those players so sharp and fit, I don't know. Maybe he's taken tips from the Russians. I'm not too sure. But my God, fair enough to Wales. And I'm sorry to the people I influenced about Turkey. I, t- oh, I, very, I very much am, but... I genuinely, I've got no words. And Sino Gomez, tell you what, he should hide. He, he should run to the Caribbean because I think he's going to get arrested for fraud for the belief <laughs> he created in this team. I will, I will say this though. Watching the Turkey team, um, I think they're two years away from being very good. I oh, think they're twenty. I think, I think the pieces are there. Yes, this this should be a you know a big you know painful gulp to swallow, but. I still feel like they have some good players in there and they have the skeleton of a team that could fill up well. It's 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 just it's just that obviously when you when it comes to a tournament, you know, the bigger heads prevail. The calmer heads prevail, the more experienced heads prevail. And I couldn't see any, you know, guidance from players like Shalanolu or Yilmaz. They just had no plan. It was it was just Right, you guys, you guys have been pretty good at football in the last couple of years. If you go out there on the pitch, um, resemble a four-four-two, see what happens. Like oh, Yilmaz right. has had no surface. Chalon Hoglu does. I, 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 I couldn't tell you his position. I genuinely couldn't. Tell I, you I don't think he could tell you either. Yeah, you've no, got no good manager. You've got the makings. You individually, you've got a defense that's like Demiral, Soyuncu. Uh, they're two very good players. I think Ihan as well was pretty good against Wales for a bit of the game. But it's just no structure. Like against Wales, they were keeping players onside all the time. It's horrible to watch. And even the goalkeeper's pretty decent as well. It, it was just no structure in an attack. It felt like they in attack nothing clicked. So that, that's the saddest thing. I think I yeah. even said on Eurowatch that. The, defensively, it won't be that good. Defensively, they've still got issues. I expect them to concede, but still score goals. But the fact that they've only scored one goal, that should be the biggest failure. That is that is the really big fraud in my It's book. only one goal. It's mad. It's mad yeah. to consider. And oh, I think wow. Den- Denmark, Denmark are the other team who's done shit at the Euros, and that was like 2000, when I think they conceded eight and scored zero. So Turkey are down there. Well, uh, but Definitely. the final note on them... To all the people, I'm a big fan of Football Daily, but Joe Tomlinson, after match day one, went, can't believe people thought Turkey would be dark horses. Thank oh you, God. Captain Hindsight. Hindsight. You weren't saying that before. You were sitting silent, and as soon as they lost, you went, can't believe people thought they'd do well. Oh, man. The, 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 the convenience and confidence 
with these all these commentators, even on BBC, even on Sky Sports, their lack of research into players anywhere beyond the top five, their casual comments, which oh, were yeah, very no, dated. Ro- Robbie Robbie Savage should be fucking ejected. They should space, all okay. be ejected. He's, and the amount, all, no, and, the amount of times Robbie Savage specifically says that I, 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 there was a. I can't remember what game it was. I think it was Ukraine with North Macedonia. And someone was running back and made a fucking brilliant tackle. I think it, I think it was this game. It was like a last man ta- challenge after they had to track back uh, on a player going 1v1. It was good awareness. They got back, made a perfectly timed challenge from behind uh, and got the ball clear. Robbie Savage looks at it and goes, you know what, that's great desire. No, it's not. There's so much you could talk no, it's about not. in that. There's oh nothing to God. do with desire, you fucking pho- verbal photocopier. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm very angry about... The, 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 speaking about Turkey has got me angry. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to... I'm, honestly, my, my list of things I've got right is maybe like one and a half sentences long. Uh, things I've got wrong. What? <laughs> Werner should score. Turkey oh would be great. Portugal Ugh. would be defensive as hell. Wales would be shit. Spain would be good. Germany would be bad. I mean, Germany haven't even been that bad. I, I think don't Germany... think they have, but they they also haven't been all that convincing. Well, I, I think get... with Germany, it's, it's more that they're, they're lining up in a system which protects them from being completely crap. Like, if you're playing five at the back, pretty much, like, you've got Kimmich and Gerson's on the wings. They're not going to be flying wingers, right? If you've got no, li- those guys... And the, and like wing backs, you're not gonna like get overloaded, right? If you you're gonna be okay, and just because they've got really good individual players, it means that you know they like they're competent. Definitely. But I, I thought they, I I had a sneaky inkling they'd finish bottom, and I was wrong. I will say this in our defense, Alex. With all the things we've got wrong, I feel that like one of the things both you and I got right, and we were cautiously optimistic on on this team, it was Belgium. I mean, both of us had. I, I, a, no, I've got to be honest, man. I wasn't. You could you, you give them a prayer. It's polite of you to include me, but I, I slagged off Roberto Martinez <laughs> so many times on this podcast. I'm gonna add that. I'm gonna add that actually to what I got wrong as well. No, so the thing with me and Belgium was that I felt that, and the, you got are, it right. Yeah, these are problems that still persist. Their defense looks unconvincing, but I said that this was the last chance for their golden generation, and they're going to make a match of it. And, you know, fair credit to Roberto Martinez. He didn't start Kevin De Bruyne in either of those two games, and he subbed him on when he knew he was going to be most effective. Obviously, he didn't start him because he has that orbital fracture, um, but, you know, also playing Tolkien Hazard over Eden Hazard um, and a raft of other changes Basically, he can make anybody a left wing back. I think that's Roberto Martinez's secret sauce. Anybody who comes in, you score goals, left wing back. I'll get you to score goals. But um, they've played like a team. They the game against Denmark was particularly telling because they were they were behind and they came back to win. And I feel that showing that ability early on in the tournament is incredible. And I think that the only way this team can really get scuppered is if they go down 2-0 at halftime. I don't think they'll quite be able to come back after that. But as a unit, they look very good. And they still looked at they still look as good as they did in the last World Cup. Obviously, Aiden Hazard is, you know, very is more a peripheral figure than he was before. Kevin De Bruyne is still, you know, f- battling his own fitness concerns. But this Belgium team still looks good. I mean, for God's sake, Thomas Mounier in the first game, he came on for Castan, who 
coincidentally had an orbital fracture, came on and like completely changed the game. And this is a man who's been doing so, so, so poorly for Borussia Dortmund that their, their fans on Twitter were like, wait, who's playing now? Why doesn't he do this for us? And it, 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 just, it just goes back to my old tired point that people save the best for their national team. Okay. And it and I and I and I think it's I I, I still think Belgium are, are are a team that can surprise. Obviously, I don't have the most faith in their defense. I don't have the most faith in uh, in Alderweireld right now or Denaya. But they're making they're making it happen. They're yeah. making it happen, and they have their final uh, game, um, which will be on Monday, the twenty first of June, against uh, Finland. So you know when this podcast is recorded. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I'm quite depressed because I've just got up. There's a little interjection into our podcast. Um, you, you probably saw uh, me and Ritic reveal our fantasy teams for Euro 2020, which well, it's on 6,000 views has done very well. And I'm looking at both teams. Um, one of the teams has aged a lot better than the other. So my oh, team God. was Schmeichel in goal against Finland, which obviously couldn't have gone worse. Um Denier, Ruben Diaz, who I've kept in and have obviously conceded. Luke Shaw, who didn't play. Jao Felix, who didn't play. Yusuf Yuzichi's played one of the three games. Paul Pogba, yeah, that's good. Captain Chiesa, didn't play. Timo Werner, hasn't played, <laughs> oh, but scored. Barack Yilmaz, hasn't scored. Kylian Mbappe, had a goal marked offside and hasn't scored. Your oh, team, Donnarumma oh, in, Donnarumma in goal, three clean sheets. Laporte, <laughs> all right, well, like one clean sheet, he's done well enough. Zinchenko, yeah, brilliant. I, I, I haven't told you to pick him. I didn't pick him myself. I'm stupid. Denier, yeah, same boat as me. Wijnaldum, brilliant. Insigne, great. Chiesa, ha, ha, ha. Uh, Diogo Jota, yeah, decent enough. Depay, great. Griezmann, great. Isaac, great. I mean, fucking hell. On my own channel as well. Who's your expert now? I was, uh, yeah, I've been told by various people that I should be called Euro Opinion Guy. And it's not fucking happening. <laughs> no, please, please, please go to yours. Please go to Alex's Twitter and show him some love. And watch his videos because um, it helps the pod as well because um, Alex talks about the pod a lot. And uh, the more the more listeners we can get, the better. We will be on with another episode, hopefully in the week and on the weekend. Um, Alex and I do have a bit of content coming for you on the Eurowatch YouTube channel a little later on. Uh, we'll give it our best shot. Um, Alex is, uh, you know, busy on a number of live streams uh, on his on building his own platform. But Eurowatch is here for you. We will be bringing uh, the most top quality um, insights that you won't get on the TV because, quite frankly, the TV is just filled with uh, has-beens trying to relive their past. And if I'm going to leave... Um, the listeners with anything. I'm going to leave you with the Hungarian coach, um, Italian Marco Rossi, who says, we are fighting tooth and nail for our place in the sun. The mother of idiots is always pregnant. It's been great to have you guys. Um, uh, we will be on very soon again. So from me in San Francisco, it's a goodbye. And for me in East London, depressed over, over Turkey, it's, 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 it's goodbye. <laughs> All right, Sheriff Alex, it'll get better. All right, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>